0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor in chief at BuffaloRumLinks.com and the host of Buffalo Rum QA Q&A on the Buffalo Rum Podcast Network. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Q and a with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us rumlings at sbnation.com or you can send in your questions to our Instagram or Facebook feeds, the official feeds for Buffalo Rumlings, and they will eventually make their way to me. Buffalo Bills defeated the New York Jets on Sunday uh, in very convincing fashion, which is uh, very helpful for me, um, as I had to take my wife to the airport right at uh, the end of the game, so I wasn't uh, too stressed out about it. Um, so let's uh, first hit our take, my takeaways from the game on Sunday before we get to your questions. For starters. Uh, My first takeaway was that the Bills spread it out offensively. They had eight different receivers catch passes. They had seven different players record uh, rushing attempts. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Isaiah McKenzie uh, both had jet sweeps. Um, Davis Webb and Josh Allen uh, both got in the action at quarterback. All three running backs got carries as well. Obviously, Stephon Diggs was the main target on offense, but Gabriel Davis had a 100-yard game, uh, one of the quietest 100-yard games I've ever heard before. Um, you know, Cole Beasley was very limited. Um, Sean McDermott said on Monday that they were just, quote, trying to get him through the game, uh, so there was a pain management issue uh, with Cole Beasley um, being injured. And so Gabe Gabe Davis had multiple attempts, um, and then they used a lot of that jet sweep and Isaiah McKenzie underneath. And you know it was it was nice to see them bringing back a whole bunch of other wrinkles in the offense, especially that Matt Breida touchdown. Um, It was just it was nice to see um, them spreading out the offense. Uh, Josh Allen uh, went under center. It was one of the things we had speculated when the run game was off to such a bad start that the Bills were going to go under center more. It allowed them more variety in their rushing attempts, allowed the running backs to get a full head of steam before hitting the line. They didn't run out of it a ton, uh, which was kind of surprising, so maybe they were um, you know, steering into the skid a little bit as far as that goes, but they... Um, They certainly put Josh Allen under center um, a lot more frequently uh, this week than any other week this season. Uh, Ball don't lie. The Bills are leaders in turnovers in the NFL. They were tied for third in interceptions and tied for third in fumble recoveries heading into Sunday's game. And then they added a bunch more. Every member of the Defensive backfield, starting defensive backfield, was able to secure a turnover. There were interceptions by Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Levi Wallace, and Taron Johnson. Plus, Micah Hyde forced a fumble and recovered that fumble at the end of the first half. Uh, The defensive line was all over Mike White, forcing bad passes, um, and and then the defensive backs were able to capitalize. I thought F.A. Obata, in particular, had a really, really nice game he forced. Uh, at least one turnover, I can't remember if he forced another one of those interceptions um, on some bad throws from Mike White, um, but he was one of the reasons that the secondary was able to feast a little bit in the back, back end. Another member of the Bills defensive line who was really popping on the, the broadcast was Ed Oliver. Uh, the Bills need to make a determination on the status of Ed Oliver at the end of the season when they have to decide on his fifth year option, and man, he's been earning it this year. A lot of folks were down on him heading into 2021, but like this week he was splitting double teams to get to the quarterback. He um, was making stops in the backfield, having uh, quarterback hurries. Uh, Just everywhere in the defensive backfield, he's developing into the kind of player we thought he was going to. Um, So I think it's um, approaching no-brainer status that the Bills bring back Ed Oliver on the fifth-year option. He's still got a way to go. Uh, we still got like half a season left, but... um, he he's been playing really well so far in uh, 2021, um, and then the miscues were very limited. Um, they had four penalties for 26 yards in the four in the first three quarters, um, and then one turnover on the interception by Josh Allen that I thought hit the ground. Um, Eric Wood on the radio broadcast said the same thing, uh, and they were up by four touchdowns by the time uh, Matt Breida had his fumble and they had their second turnover of. The The biggest miscue is probably Deion Dawkins on a holding call on one of the early drives. That negated a Josh Allen third down conversion, and Buffalo eventually had to punt, even though they were well inside Tyler Bass's field goal range before the holding call. So that was the biggest miscue. They were able to overcome a lot, and especially when this uh, particular officiating crew was known for calling a bunch of penalties, I think the Bills game planned against that. When you were playing the Kansas City Chiefs, they went out of their way to be super physical with the Chiefs and try to draw flags, or at least toe the line between drawing flags and playing right up to the line. In this game, they backed off that considerably and didn't want to get called for those penalties with the officiating crew that they had, so I thought that was smart as well. And then finally, the, the problematic Patriots. Um, our takeaway from the game: the Bills won this week, and they're still only a half game ahead of the New England Patriots. Um, New England throttled the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, uh, a pretty um, pretty big win for them. Um, but when you look at like the Patriots, say offensive statistics, or really their statistics in general, they're they're kind of a middle of the road team, but they've been able to put together a nice string of wins. Mac Jones. Is you know in the bottom third of the league in most quarterback uh, rating stats, uh, so like per snap, uh, per completion, per attempt, per uh, snap, air yards, and all this other stuff. So complete uh, yards per completion, yards per attempt, yards per air yards per attempt, adjusted net yards per attempt. He's you know just not playing well, and I'm assuming that the Bills and Sean McDermott are going to be able to exploit that. They've done a really nice job with Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott of exploiting um, quarterbacks who don't have a lot of experience, as we saw this week against Mike White. So against the Patriots, I fully expect the Bills to have an epic game plan uh, to limit them. And so they still don't worry me, but they're still hanging around. They're they're problematic. They're pesky. Uh, Whatever P adjective you want to use for the Patriots. So uh, after this quick break, we're going to get to some of your questions. So don't go anywhere. Learn more at Marines.com. Before we get to your questions for this week's episode, I I lobbed out a question over at the Buffalo Roam Twitter account on Monday night during the Monday Night Football game wondering, you know, I hadn't heard from any Canadian Bills fans about being excited to come to a Bills game for the first time. just in the last few weeks, uh, the the borders have opened for non-essential travel between Canada and the United States. And so I figured a bunch of Bills fans would be super excited to get back into their seats at one Bills drive for this coming game against the Indianapolis Colts. And I found out that that is not really going to be the case, um, even though the borders are open uh, when they return back to Canada, Canadians are going to have to take a PCR test. So um, that's a COVID test and um, it costs about 150 to $200 up in Canada because it's a non-symptomatic test. It's for, you know, n- people that don't show symptoms, um, which is what the people that would be going to the Bills games and coming back would, would have to go through. So it's going to cost them not just the cost of the ticket and the travel to Orchard Park plus, you know, food or whatever else they do while they're in Orchard Park, but it's going to cost an extra $200 per person to come to a Bills game. So um, don't expect to see a huge contingent of Canadian fans at the Bills game this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts. Now that's a Canadian rule, not a uh, United States rule. So just wanted to to put that out there in today's episode. I'll be writing about it over at buffalorumblings.com as well. All right, over to your questions at Q and a on Twitter. Our first question comes from Jack Nealon, uh, one of our frequent flyers, who says, I feel like I saw Reggie Gilliam a lot on positive plays from the offense. Is this coincidence, or is there a logical reason behind this? Also, will there be a point when we see Gilliam as a pass-catching run- running threat? Um, just thinking of... Kyle, uh, J- I can't ever say his name right, uh, Jusick from the um, San Francisco 49ers. I-, I don't think we're ever going to get to that point, um, Jack. They If they were going to make him a part of the offense, they already would have. Um, I don't think that's how they want to roll. But would it surprise you that it wasn't Reggie Gilliam's most snaps in a single game in 2021, he played 22 snaps. That's 37% of the offensive snaps against the New York Jets. That's a lot. He played zero last week against the Jaguars. He played four against Miami. He played four against Tennessee. 22 this week. But against the Kansas City Chiefs, he played 22 snaps as well. And it was 38.6% of Buffalo's offensive snap count on that game. So that's his highest snap percentage all season, was against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 5. That's, I think, notable. I think the Bills, you know, returning to, like, I I hesitate to call it a ground-and-pound offense. I don't think it was when they're passing for that many yards. But, you know, putting him in the backfield at least gave the threat of the run. And, of course, as the game wore on and they were putting the game away, just like they were doing against Kansas City, they eventually were running the ball. Now the Bills probably stayed in with their starters more than I would have liked them to passing the ball down the field, but I think they used Reggie Gilliam very effectively against um, against the New York Jets and to help improve the running game. And I think if they're going to continue focus on the running game, Reggie Gilliam's going to be a guy that we see a lot more often. But I think it also you know, lends itself to a different conversation. Let's look at Tommy Sweeney. He had 20 snaps, 34% of the snaps. Uh, Dawson Knox, 49 snaps, 84% of the snaps. So, Between the tight ends and the fullback, they had quick math 49 uh, plus 22 is 71, plus 20 is 91 snaps between them. And so, uh, you know, with 58 total snaps, that means the Bills were running with two extra blocking big guys on almost all of their plays. So I think that might be something to do with. Cole Beasley's injury. Uh, they didn't run as much um, of the three wide receiver sets as they normally do, uh, but it just that's a lot of of snaps for extra blockers in this offense under Brian Dable. I mean, they were up big, well, like with a lot of time left in the game, so it, it makes sense that that would happen. Uh, but you know, the Bills used the big boys on uh, on Sunday against the New York Jets. Uh, Andrew Sunday asks us, uh, well, it's not really a question, but he says, F.A. Obata plus Ed Oliver equals good interior defensive line rushers. Yes, if you look at the snap count notes on the defense, you'll see that the Bills used a ton of defensive ends at defensive tackle, and that includes F.A. Obata, who, like I said before, had a great game. Defensive tackles had 32 snaps under the expected there were 77 defensive snaps and two players, so that would be 154 expected snaps out of defensive tackle, but they were 32 snaps below that because the defensive ends had 36 extra snaps. That means they brought in um, as defensive tackle, they were brought in as defensive tackles 32 times and replaced the defensive back on four snaps as well. They used so many defensive ends in this game and, you know, it makes a lot of sense when they invested so much in that position this offseason. Plus, you take into account the fact that Starla Tulule was placed on the reserve COVID list on Saturday. They didn't have a ton of time to change their game plan. Um, I'm pretty sure he tested positive on Friday. They just didn't put him on the list until Saturday uh, because they were able to um, elevate Brandon Bryan to the, the active roster. And he was in. Um, He was in New York as opposed to, you know, he he wouldn't have traveled with the team if uh, they didn't know he was going to be active. So um, that's an aside. But, you know, the Bills used a ton of defensive ends at defensive tackles. So that conversation about Ed Oliver plus F.A. Obata is great interior defensive line rushers. That's absolutely true. And the Bills used a ton of defensive tackles or defensive ends as defensive tackles. On Sunday against the New York Jets, it's something that we've been talking about all the way back to the preseason. But this was really the game that they unleashed it. So, um, yeah, it was de- definitely really fun to watch the um, the Bills' defensive line really have their way with the New York Jets on Sunday. The other thing I've been hearing a lot about—I uh, didn't get a specific question about it, but it's been you know in the um, Buffalo Bills Twitterverse and even in my conversations with you know family members—is. A.J. Klein uh, as opposed to Tremaine Edmonds. Now, those two players have very, very different skill sets. A.J. Klein can't cover worth a crap. Uh, he's a run-stuffing linebacker. He's one of those old-school linebackers for sure, but he did a really nice job against the New York Jets on Sunday, and he he's just such a valuable depth piece to have because he can come in and make really heady plays, and I thought he played really, really well against the New York Jets, but they didn't ask him you know, to drop into coverage very much like they asked for Tremaine Edmonds. So it was it's a different skill set. It's a different style of play. Um, you know, People are comparing them because they, they, they saw some flashes from, from A.J. Klein, but, but Tremaine Edmonds drops into coverage so much that the only time you hear his name is if somebody throws it at him and he knocks it down or makes a play on the ball. Um, you don't really hear him making a great play, stopping a quarterback from throwing to a guy underneath. So um, I, I really like what Tremaine Edmonds has brought to the table this year. I'm certainly not entertaining any conversations about keeping A.J. Klein over Tremaine Edmonds or starting A.J. Klein over Tremaine Edmonds. And if you are, I don't think you're understanding really what the Bills are doing on the defensive side of the ball. But, um, but yeah, that's been out there. So wanted to address that. And um, one last thing before we go, Spencer Brown, man, um, It was so fun to watch him pancake guys on Sunday. Again, um, he's become such a great player so early in his career. Sean McDermott's even saying stuff to reporters like, don't put him in the Hall of Fame yet. And like, you know, because people are asking such uh, effervescent questions about Spencer Brown and he needs to make sure that Brown keeps his head on right. But, you know, he was such a great player on Sunday to have back into the lineup. But it also allows Darrell Williams to move back to right guard where he's been so much better. Mitch Morris is playing really well at center. Um, Ike Bucker wasn't a liability at left guard. And then Dion Dawkins was pretty good on Sunday. He had that one holding call that wasn't really a holding call. I thought it was a pretty weak call away from the play. Um, so I didn't necessarily think he should have been called for it. But, you know, I just... The Bills' offensive line is so much better when Spencer Brown is at right tackle and Darrell Williams is at right guard. And I just wanted to mention that before we left today. Um, Hopefully those guys can stay healthy going forward. Um, They get, I think, one more week of John Feliciano on IR before he's eligible to return. And we'll see um, what happens after that. So, All right, with that, we're going to get going here today on this shorter edition of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. It's always fun because when the Bills lose, I get a ton of questions and when the Bills win, I get just a couple of questions. So, uh, keep sending them in at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Rumblings q a on Twitter. Send us Instagram or Facebook messages to the official Buffalo Rumblings account. You can send emails to Rumlings at SBNation.com. There are tons of ways to get in touch with the show and the show is super boring if I don't hear from you guys. So make sure you send in your questions for next week's episode after the Bills play the 5-5 five and five Indianapolis Colts. Talk to you soon. Go Bills.